Bucknutters. It is Thursday, February 7th, 2019. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. It is the day after National Signing Day. It used to be completely epic. Now it's minorly epic. Thankfully, we have Steve Wiltfong on the line, Director of Recruiting for 24-7 Sports. Steve was in Nashville yesterday for all the festivities. He's en route back to Indianapolis. Steve, how are you this fine morning? I'm well. I'm rocking out in the vehicle. I'm fired up. I got a lot of energy. I'm ready to get home, see my family. But one thing I was super excited about was getting on the Bucknuts Morning 5 this morning to talk about another terrific recruiting class for the Buckeyes, one that will sustain uh, the uh, the goal of the program every year, which is to win a national championship. This is a class that um, – keeps Ohio State right in the middle of that and, and keeps those expectations a reality. Now, we are biased on this show, I will admit, but I do think it's important to point out – yes, thank you – to point out that the rankings that come out for 24-7 sports are wonderful, but they don't take into account, in some cases – let's just say it this way. There's a cumulative effect to the – to the uh, rankings. So Ohio State does not rank out quite as well this year. But when you take the average per rec- recruit or average per commitment, they go back to number three. So exactly. how should Ohio State fans view this? Should they view this as that a questionable class, or should they view this as, look, we only took 17 guys, you don't even hit on 17 per class, and our average per recruit is right up there with the Alabamas and Georgias. So what's your vibe? Exactly. I'm in agreement, and we talked about that during the early signing period when when people were really, like, acting like the world was caving in because Ohio State was at, like, 16 or whatever they were, um, which is still good, by the way. Um, but uh, the average ranking per commit, number three, it's held at number three for much of the cycle. And you can only take as many guys as you're allowed to take. And you only get 85 scholarships. And Ohio State had to take a smaller class this year. But from a talent perspective, it goes toe-to-toe with anyone. Ohio State had the, went into the season with the most talented roster in college, according to the 24-7 sports team talent composite. And this is a group that would keep Ohio State in that discussion. There you have some clarity, people. So when your Michigan and Penn State uh, worker buddies give you crap, you just uh, refer them to this podcast. If there was anything surprising about yesterday, I don't think there was a ton. It was the commitment of Enoch Vamahi, the Hawaiian offensive guard, to the Buckeyes. Uh, momentum kind of uh, peaked down the stretch. He didn't have a very long relationship with Ohio State, relatively speaking. Can you bring us up to speed on him, maybe a little bit on how Ohio State got him to say yes down the stretch, what you think of him as a player, and then address the idea that he may be taking a mission? Yeah, so um, I was with Enoch in San Antonio, Texas, when Ohio State offered, not literally with him at that moment, but we were in the same city, and I spoke to him that night. And and Enoch at that time was planning on announcing his college decision two weeks later at the Polynesian Bowl 
between Oklahoma and USC. But that offer from Ohio State was a real exciting one for him, obviously. And he postponed his plans to announce so he could take an official to Ohio State. It was important to him that he got this late opportunity that he viewed as a, a terrific chance to develop as a player and, and play on the biggest stage in college football, similar to the other two schools. Um, and, and he wanted to learn more. And, and, and you, you know, er, preliminary conversations with Ohio State about what the program is, how they can develop you, the, the magnitude of, of, of the, the stage they play on. He was intrigued, so he went on his visit after the Polynesian Bowl. Him and his mom had a terrific time in Columbus, Ohio, coming from Hawaii, visiting Ohio State in the winter. Um, the, the, I think the difference for him, for Enoch, was the strength and conditioning program from a player development standpoint. I think, I actually think he was going to go to Oklahoma, not USC. Oklahoma's class filled up. They prioritize, they're prioritizing grad transfers and JUCOs down the stretch. Kind of took the Sooners out of it, which then made it an Ohio State USC battle. And I think that as an offensive lineman, he saw a much better opportunity for himself to be the player he wants to be down the road at Ohio State. And so, I think that was the difference for him, um, and, and uh, it obviously, you know, the crystal ball started going the Buckeyes' way the day before National Signing Day. He announced for the Buckeyes, and, and it was a, it was a good pickup for Ryan Day and company. This is uh, the one recruit in the class that um, was offered after Urban Meyer retired. So this mm. was one one hundred percent right the Ryan Day regime going out and landing a blue chipper from way out west. Yeah, what do you think of him as a player and yet yeah, the mission possibilities? Well, I like the fact that he's a he's an offensive lineman that's nowhere close to his physical potential. Um, he moves well, tough physical kid that has good feet and, 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 and toughness. So there's definitely an exciting upside there. And with the mission, it is what it is. You know, uh, um, we'll, you know, we'll, I don't even really know what to say about it. It's important to him. Um, obviously, it slows the player development early on. But, you know, you come back and you get back in the weight room with Mickey Marotti and company, and, and that, that upside's not going to go away. Um, just with the mission, anytime you take one, you're not able to hone your craft much or work out much. You're busy, dedicated to the mission. So when you come back, you're walking back into a program with a lot of grown men, you know. But um, so just to, you know, program's got to be patient with you and willing to develop you. And I think that Ohio State's a place where. They, they'll, you know, if you're in it mentally, you're mentally tough enough. They'll get the physical, they'll get the physical abilities out of you. 
Speaking of which, that could also apply to Dewan Jones. I think most Bucknutters figured Dewan would be part of the class. Anyone who's seen anything about him knows he's from Indianapolis, and he is, if he's not the biggest Buckeye ever, he's in the mix. He is a large human being. Division One recruit in basketball and football from your neck of the woods. We've talked about Dewan a lot. What's your general vibe on him? I, do you see him as complete project? That guy's going to take yeah. several years to get going? Yeah. Is that how you see it? Go ahead. I, I think – I think that he's going to need some time to really learn how to play the position, um, not just from a here's where you put your feet in your hands, but just understanding what we're trying to do on offense and, and uh, you know, understand, all right, it's third and four, what am I thinking pre-snap type stuff, you know. Second and nine, what are we, what's our, what's our core values here, you know, what are we, what are we thinking? Just there, but 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 he can move now, and he is massive. I mean, he is massive. Theoretically, he could just get in the way for a little bit, and and then hopefully you get the ball out. Um, but but uh, I didn't know that he was very close to committing to Kent State till the other day when I talked to him about his pending commitment to Ohio State and his high school coach. So just stay patient a little longer. I think that these power five offers are going to start coming for football. All things even, if he only had mid-major football offers, he was going to play basketball in college. But uh, he, got, he got the power five football offers, and, he, you know, well, he, he's got a shot to really be a, 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 major, a major boom pickup, you know. Uh, he's, he, he has unique traits. And for a man that size, for him to be able to move laterally, for him to be able to bend, for him to be able to have that explosiveness in the short area, I mean, he's very, very uh, intriguing. We'll just see how he polishes up in, in Columbus and if he's ever able to mentally you know, that's what it is for a lot of these guys, not just DeWan Jones, you know. It's just process, understand, have an idea of what's being asked of you, and then executing. Yeah, I'm not sure this is being overly hyperbolic. Lord knows I've done that in the past. But I cannot think of a player that has come into Ohio State that if you told me he would never play a down at Ohio State, I think I could believe that. And if you told me he was eventually the first pick in the draft, I mean, I would be surprised, but the potential is there. There are only so many people on the earth that are that big. And if the light ever does come on for this guy, let's say Mick reaches him somehow, he loves – if you're bigger and faster and stronger than everybody else, that helps. And, and it's important to, to talk about this. There are a lot of guys in college football, like you said, that do just kind of get in the way, big fatties who kind of just, that's not this dude. I mean, he has a developed post-up game in basketball. He's got nice touch around the basket. He moves well. He's just carrying a ton of, ton of size. So it's intriguing. I have a feeling we won't hear from him name-wise for maybe 24 months. If he could pop up and uh, and do some damage down the road. Absolutely, to me, if you have – the culture and the strength program and the coaching at Ohio State. This is one and of the for some of those guys can... not playing, 
and for those guys not playing, you almost you got to nurture a little bit because totally. there's going to be days where they're probably not happy. So you get that's why your locker room's so big. If they're there with their friends, and it, and and they really love being part of that football team, and they do see a light at the end of the tunnel at some point, they'll wait. They'll wait. Guys will wait. But if they're not having a great experience. They don't have a locker room that they just enjoy being in or a school that they enjoy being a student at. They'll leave. They'll leave. And it'll hurt them too. But, I mean, all that bouncing around, it hurts player development. You know, that's why, you know, a lot of transfers, it's just, it's not, I mean, they're not happy where they're at, but the the transfer hurts their development uh, some too. So um, I, I know that Ohio State, they're, their players are a big part of the the recruiting process, so I think that generally most kids love love being there. But obviously, even Ohio State has kids that leave. You know what also helps is when like twenty five year old offensive linemen come back to visit and have like seven million dollars in the bank. So yeah, it that helps doesn't hurt. They also didn't play early. You know, yeah, I'm the, Wait but there's turn. guys at Ohio State like that. Yeah, I mean, there's. Sure. The beauty of Ohio State now is they have a success story in the pros from guys picked first to guys who were walk-ons to guys, you know, in everywhere in between. And the Andrew Norwell was not is, drafted, wasn't he? Just crazy. Andrew Norwell was not invited to the NFL Combine. It is literally, like with the pyramids, one of the great questions in society's history. I've never got anyone to give me a straight answer on it. In fact, every time I talk to Dane Brugler, who I believe is the best on the draft, I ask, and he's never really been able to answer, but there you go. Okay, before we hop off here, I really do think we need to talk about this because I think because it was so early in the process, we maybe didn't react with, you know, the correct parade route. But Ohio State added defensive end Jack Sawyer last weekend or late last week, and I think you could make an argument he is the best football player in the state of Ohio right now, at least in high school. He's the most productive high school basketball player in the state, and he's a sophomore. He literally looks like like if someone would have told you one of the Boses was absconded and raised in another place, this would be him. Please let everybody know just how good Jack Sawyer is, how big of a deal it is, and, and why. I think I know why it became pretty obvious he was going to come to Ohio State once some uh, staff maneuverings were finished up. Well, he might be the biggest freak in the state, and you have Zach Harrison walking the halls there in Bill Kierlet country. Well, now he's walking the halls in the Woody. But I'll say Jack Jack probably has more has looser hips and, and uh, just more fluid than Zach. Zach's obviously incredibly long big very strong and runs like the wind especially for a man his size and i'm not i'm not trying to uh take anything away from zach who's as unique uh an athlete as i've seen but 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 jack he he uh he may be his athleticism may trans probably translates even better to to the football field and look forward to seeing him develop um just because he's so explosive the leaping ability, the the burst, but but that 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 wiggle, the the flexibility, the ability to bend, all those things, when you're when you're fighting for leverage, at the point of attack, 
give you an added advantage. He he has every advantage you're looking for uh, as a defensive lineman. Huge get for that to get shut down early um, and, and just done. And obviously you always assume Ohio State's going to have a great shot at any kid from Ohio, but you don't want to give any other schools a chance to build a relationship with him and make the decision tough. When you look at Brew McCoy, he was considered a USC lean for years and even enrolled there, and now he's at Texas. Part of that's because he had such a great relationship with that staff. You don't want to give a school like Clemson a chance to build a bond with this young man, get him in the class, get it shut down, and that's what Ryan Day and company were able to do. How much of that do you put on the fact that the relationship you're describing Jack already had with Al Washington? Well, I, obviously, I don't think he – I think that relationships mattered for Jack. I'm not, he didn't just get the Ohio State offer and commit to the logo right away. He took a bunch of visits. You know, I do those stories during the fall, big visit weekends uh, at uh, places that have huge recruiting weekends, and Jack popped up at a few of those. Um, so he definitely saw some great environments and some great atmospheres um, this past football season. Um, but obviously his heart was at Ohio State. He's going to be a Buckeye. I just can't uh, – just thrilled that he made the decision that saves Ohio State a lot of, to me, wasted resources. Yes, they're going to have to keep an eye on him and recruit him, but now they can have him as a recruiter on their own and help get elsewhere. Before we let you go, we would be remiss if we didn't say this. What do you think of the quick look at 2020 for Ohio State? They've already got several big commitments, and it looks like offensive line is going to be a huge priority. Yeah. Um, I mean, what is it, the number four class right now? Um, so it'll be another banner year uh, for the Buckeyes. I think uh, running back w- will be a uh, priority for the Buckeyes in 20. Um as well as in addition to the point of attack always. If you're not loading up up front on both sides every year, you will eventually find yourself outside of playoff contention and fighting for 10 wins instead of 13. So the point of attack is always going to be big for Ohio State. And, um, I think that receiver will remain a priority as well, you know, until we see some young guys. And we did what we saw one this year really step up from California. But um, you look at Alabama and Clemson this year, they had so many guys on the perimeter that could make a play that would change the change the land, change the, the dynamic of a football game at Ohio State. You know, if we're just if we're really scrutinizing them, getting some guys that are more consistent at that position that can dominate. Um, but obviously the program's in terrific shape, and, and uh, we're just kind of nitpicking them right now. No, it's been a fun ride. 2019 was an interesting recruiting cycle. We appreciate all Steve has done. He'll be back to crush it for 2020. Have a good one, Bucknutters. Guys, see you on the front row. Thanks for following the 2019 cycle, and excited to rock and roll in 2020 with the duo of Bill Kurlick and Bill Green and covering the Buckeyes from Indianapolis. See you guys.